0: 10, ten.
1: We know that our our names are written in his hand, palms of his hand, and of course, Calvary took the spikes for us. What a Savior! Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 22 this morning. Genesis chapter 22. Uh, last time I was really in these verses uh, deeply, I noticed in my notes here on. Five thirty ten, so that's been uh, nineteen years ago. Somehow time flies, is not it? Did a series on twos in the Bible, and I talked about the tale of two sacrifices that particular day. And uh, I have some other notes here of other people that preached in this chapter. Brother Chris Staub did, Daniel Brown did, uh, in my notes. I've got many Bibles with lots of names and sermons in them. But today we want to take a look here at Genesis chapter twenty-two. And I want us to observe a supreme act of faith, a supreme act of faith. In Genesis chapter 22, one of the great chapters in the Old Testament, that's for sure, in, in the entire Bible. In Genesis chapter 22, we're going to read the first eight verses. So lo- notice verse 1 with me. It came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham... And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thine thine son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and he saddled his ass, and he took two of his young men with him, and Isaac, his son, enclaved to the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Let's observe a supreme act of faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this great chapter in your Bible for us, preserved for us, that we might read it and study it and learn of it. Speak to our hearts, Lord. We've been in this chapter many times through the years, no doubt, as individual Christians in our yearly bible reading and preaching and studying make it alive to us today make it fresh lord i pray and i ask that you take things out of our hearts and minds that might be going on for just a little bit help us to focus on what you have to say to us through your word we ask this in jesus name amen amen this of course is a great chapter of abraham offering up his son isaac as God instructed him, and it's one of the great examples in the Bible of love for God, devotion to God, obedience to God, recorded in Scripture. Now, this is a very special, what I call, a uh, sermon, special highlight sermon, I think, about faith. Faith impresses God. Uh, our faith can impress God. The Holy Spirit speaks and preserves this account to us, not only here, but in the book of Hebrews. Would you turn there with me? Chapter 11, please. Hebrews chapter 11. And we'll take a look at what the Holy Spirit preserved for us here. The Lord spoke to the heart of men. Holy men of God spake as they were uh, moved by the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the preservation of his word. And the Holy Spirit speaks of it and gives it to us here in the New Testament book of Hebrews. Chapter eleven, in verse eleven and twelve, the Bible says, "Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was was past age, because the ju- the um, uh, she judged him faithful who had promised." Therefore, spake there. Uh, I'm sorry, I got a crease in my Bible therefore sprang there even one uh, and him as good as dead so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand as the thousands which are by the seashore innumerable god had given sarah and abraham that son of promise isaac and it took a long time coming but god kept his word amen And in that process of time, in the stories given us in Scripture, we we see real faith in what it looks like. Real faith in how it develops. Real faith in how it comes to pass. Amen? Abraham and Sarah showed great faith in the birth of that son, as we just read here in Hebrews chapter 11. And, you know, it was contrary to human hope. Uh, They had long past lost hope in having a son of themselves. In a physical way, in a physical nature. Abraham was, what, 99 and Sarah was 90 years of age. And the Bible says that they were past that time. And, uh, but God brought it to pass. Again, it's recorded in the scripture in Romans chapter 4. If you care to to join me there, I'll go ahead and read. But Romans chapter 4, we'll read a little bit more. Each one of these passages preserved for us gives us a little bit more information, a little bit more light. So it's good to read them and and, and dwell on them, to to muse upon them. In Romans chapter 4, pick up verse 18, we, we read the following. against hope believed in hope. See Abraham and Sarah didn't believe they could have a child and the Bible says and against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according uh, to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be and uh, and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead not physically dead but unable to have a child when he was about a hundred years old Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, being 99. He staggered, one of the great verses of the Bible, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded, what he had promised, what God had promised, he was was able also to perform. Amen. God can do the miraculous. God can do the... uh, uh, impossible, uh, the improbable. And sometimes we think that's great. That's in the Bible, yes, but not in my life. Oh, yes, in our lives. Oftentimes we don't see God move because we don't have faith to believe. It's so true. Uh, this is what real faith is. It's taking God at his word. It's believing God and taking him at his word. It's believing God in spite of what circumstances or situations may look like. Uh, A preacher said years ago uh, about uh, about faith Uh, he said things look impossible but with God faith just takes a little longer to believe and it's true Uh, we're told this throughout the Bible many places now the story of Abraham offering up his son Isaac has several types and pictures illustrations if you would in lessons of hope for us as we read the Word of God. Abraham is a type of God the Father in this story. You can clearly see that. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And then we see Isaac's a type and picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we're told in Scripture about Christ being a picture and a type of things to come through the way that he lived his life. Uh, in Psalm chapter 40, Uh, the psalmist writes of this Uh, he tells us in verse uh, 6 and 8 these truths he says um, sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire mine ears hast then opened burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required then said I lo I come uh, in the volume of a book it is written of me and so those Old Testament sacrifices were God's way of pointing to Calvary, pointing to the cross, and, and, and oftentimes it was missed. But Isaac typifies Christ. You see that Isaac carrying the wood and speaking of the cross, and three days they do the sacrifice. And the Son being offered up as a sacrifice, pictures Jesus Christ, all through the types and pictures here of the actual event of Abraham and his son Isaac. The ram. In the, in the story, it pictures substitution. That Christ took our place on the cross of Calvary. Amen? He became sin for us who knew no sin. And thank God for that truth. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:19 tells that Abraham believed that God would raise up his son Isaac from the dead. He had faith that God could do that. First Corinthians chapter 15 tells us the same. So the offering up of Isaac was a test. Go back to your, uh, your, your opening verse here in, 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 in the Genesis chapter 12 uh, with me and I want you to notice one word that's so key to the whole story. In Genesis chapter 22 it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did, notice the word, tempt. God did tempt Abraham and said, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. This, uh, this word "tempt." Does not, is not a meaning of solicitation to evil. God does not tempt any man according to scripture. James 1.13 Let no man say when he is tempted I am tempted of God for God cannot be tempted with evil and neither tempteth he any man. The word tempted you have to find out what it means. So you go back and you study to show yourself approved. The word tempt does not mean solicitation to evil. It means test or proven or trial. And God will bring things in my life and your life to test our faith, prove our faith, try our faith. We were talking about this in Sunday school this morning. Genesis 21, it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, t- uh, tested Abraham, pr- proven Abraham in his matter of fact. His love for God was tested that day. It means to be put to the test. God allowed Abraham to go through this event in his life to prove many things about himself and many things to his God. Ultimately his love, his obedience to God. Obedience is key in scripture, folks. We miss it because we want to miss it. Because you know, we don't want to obey that which we don't want to do. And the world's that way. The world doesn't want to believe in God because if they believe in God, then they got to obey him. They know it. But yet God's people sometimes we try to fool ourselves and being disobedient think God's pleased with us. he's not pleased with our disobedience we say oh, i love you god but then you know he said you know you say you love me but do what i tell you to do god gives us another text to see how true this original meaning of the word intent uh, uh, the meaning and the intent of Abraham's offering of his son. He says in Hebrews eleven seventeen, 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, same meaning, offered up Isaac that he had received the promise, uh, offered up his only begotten son. Now that's a key thing, only begotten son. Again, a picture of God the Father giving us his only begotten son. And so this is a preview. This is an illustration in Old Testament scripture of Calvary to come. The word tried here, in hebrews 11 it says to be proven or to examine put it under a microscope it's to try whether a thing can be done is the meaning to try to make a trial or a test to try or test one's faith or to try one's virtue or character or love now i want us to consider three aspects this morning so get your hopes up you can count one two three you'll know when i'm on my third point point. one two three aspects of this trial of abraham this testing of abraham this proving of abraham specifically in his faith in his faith and i think if we do this we'll learn a lot about abraham's faith but we're also going to learn a lot about our faith amen so the first thing i want us to notice here is the measure of our faith testing the measure of our faith testing how much is faith tested it's clear as we read the scripture now there are some people that lived their lives for God, recorded in the Bible, certain individuals, that some appeared to have more tests than others. They had more uh, diversity of tests. They had more strength of tests. Amen. And Abraham certainly had a strong test of his faith the day that God said, I want you to offer up your only son Isaac to me. Wow. Now, there are different tests. Abraham having this test. But I want to tell you, before Abraham was ever brought to this test, God gave him prior tests. And that's like with us. We wonder sometimes why things come into our life the way they do. But God brings us through tests, trials, temptations, to prove us in many areas of our life and then we go through one and then another comes and another and we often one time why what is God doing why is God doing this to bring us to ultimate faith that's what he's doing it's to build us and strengthen us in our faith from the onset of Abraham leaving haran Saying, "Leave thy country and leave thy people to a place that I will tell thee of." That was a first measure of his faith. He raised in heathenism; he didn't know God. So God's going to bring several tests to get him to know the God that has called him. The first one is leave home. I'm going to tell you what to leave home is 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 a, a difficult thing. To leave where things are familiar, where there's family, where there's support, where there's comfort, where there's assurance. All kinds of things regarding home. Think about that when you pray for your troops. Think of that when you pray for the young people going off to college. Think of that when, you're, when we're sending a missionary to a different place. There's a test of their love, their devotion, their obedience, their faith in God. The test of their, the, what they got, amen, deep down inside. Job had tests. Through the loss of his family, we read. The loss of his health, the loss of his lands, the livestock, his wealth. Amen. Many tests to bring Job to the man that he became. We think of the Apostle Paul. He went through personal attack, rejection by his own countrymen. We read of his beatings and his shipwrecks and his attempts of murder upon his life. The Apostle Paul went through all these tests. And then we look at, oh, the great Apostle Paul, how did he get there? through God's proving him and tests and trials and here's the thing they never stopped loving their God for the test they never lost faith in their God for the test now God didn't bring the apostle Paul to shipwreck before he brought him through some earlier things because he wouldn't have been able to handle it so whatever we're going through in life sometimes we think oh why but let's stop and think what is God doing here what's the outcome what what does God want of me what is God going to do with me maybe there's some people that need to be reached that won't be reached in any other way through this test that God has given me again the Christian walk is not about us it's about him so there are many people many lives recorded in the Bible that went through grace tests some more than others some more difficult than others had it This proves in scripture the degrees of testing. Life's tests are given us in a measure to see what our faith is about. Untried faith is worthless to God and, if we'd be honest, to us. So I want my life just to roll along with no problems. and you're not going to increase in faith. You're not going to grow as a Christian. Sad to say, heartache comes but it makes us more like him. And none of us say, I think I'll just wake up this morning, God, give me a bunch of heartache. Give me a a bunch of uh, testings and trials. God, just do terrible things to me. No, we're not going to do that. But when a good and kind and loving heavenly father brings a test, he's trying to help us to see how much we love him, how much we'll still love him, even we go through some hard times there's a measure to faith mark 4 verse 40 and he said unto them why are you so fearful how is it that you have no faith how'd you like to have been a disciple that day when he looked at them and said why is it you have no faith sometimes he said to them you have little faith (laughs) and they cried out lord increase our faith matthew 6 and verse 30 the bible says where Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O, o ye of little faith? Luke 17, 5, again, the apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. All through the scriptures. So untried faith is worthless faith faith. And one day Jesus will say to those that have been faithful well done thou good and whining Christian. Well done thou good and fainting Christian. Well done thou good and faithful Christian. Faithful servant. But I want us to think about something today just an add on. I want to hear those words from my Lord and I know you do too but listen listen There are those ahead of us in glory that will say similar to us, Son, honey, sweetheart, I'm proud of you. You stood the test. Amen. I got a pastor one day I'll see in heaven and I haven't seen him in a while and I imagine one day I'll get to see him and and I want him to say, Good job, well done, Stephen. I had a father and a mother that got saved and I want them to greet me on the other side and say, well done son, you did a good job. Amen. Some of you have a husband or a wife or a child that was faithful and one day not only will the Lord say well done thou good and faithful servant but they'll look into your eyes and they'll say good job, well done, well done. It, it, it's going to be good. But in this life, guess what? there'll probably be more tests more tests the test of Abraham concerning Isaac was not his first test no he had several and it was nearly his last when he had to offer up his only begotten son he gone through several tests. The first test I mentioned in Genesis chapter 12. For time, we won't go. I'll just reference them. You can maybe read them this week. Genesis chapter 12. Abraham leaves Haran by faith. By faith, he left his family unto a land that he didn't know of yet. And then the second test after that was he had no child yet after they waited a long time, Abraham Sarah. And you know what? That's one of the reasons I believe they took Lot with them. He was kind of a surrogate son, but it was a wrong move because God said in Genesis 12, 1, and from thy kindred. And so he took Lot with him and he didn't have a son yet. And maybe he just saw something in Lot. Maybe he wanted to encourage Lot. I don't know. But that, he got a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. One of the times in Genesis chapter 14, he had to go to battle against the five kings of the plain. If you remember that story in your Bible, to rescue and to retrieve Lot back and his family and his possessions. In Genesis chapter 14. And with that I want to say this. When we do something that we're not supposed to do and we know we're not supposed to do it. When we disobey God. When we know we ought to be obeying God. When we live any way we choose instead of the way God has chosen. I will tell you something. Other lives will be affected. Abraham's a great man of faith. he's, He's pointed out to us in the Bible, but there was a weakness one day when he saw Lot and said, Lot, come on with me. And God said, No, you go and your family into a land that I will tell you of and leave thy kindred. Lot was a kindred. And boy, all kinds of trouble, fighting, arguing, all that mess, and then having to fight the five kings of the plains in battle and war. And I'm going to tell you some lives were affected because of that. People were hurt. People died because of that. If you think you and I can make decisions that won't affect others, we're wrong. Bad decisions affect a lot of lives. They will. And here's the mystery how much? So we all need to think about our decisions. Decisions in marriage. Decisions in raising our children. Decisions in serving the Lord or not serving the Lord. Amen. Because others are always affected. After Lot's rescue, in Genesis chapter 16, Abraham... He listens to his wife in a very important matter. Not that men should not listen to their wives, but his wife came with an idea because they had not had children. She said, well, I got an idea. How about you have a child through my handmaiden? He already tried to get a surrogate son through Lot. That didn't work. So now, you know, that's not too bad of an idea. That was a dumb idea. Come on, it's a dumb idea. You can't have that many women, you know, in one house with all the. Uh, Well, let's move on. Anyway, it was a bad decision. He took uh, uh, Hagar, the handmaiden, as his wife. She conceived. She has a son. And his name is Ishmael. And we know how that worked out. Israel's still dealing with that today. Not just centuries, millenniums. Amen. Finally isaac's born genesis chapter 17 oh glad day glad day abraham's 99 sarah's 90 she's been barren unable to conceive but god does what he promised and she conceives and she gives birth to isaac and it was happy day but you know just a few days it was trouble home talking you talk about your blended home (laughs) the trouble in that for in a little while you know, Ishmael's picking on Isaac and the two wives are not getting along and Abraham's about ready to pull his hair out, his beard. All because of disobedience. There was another time later in Genesis chapter 20, they're traveling through enemy territory. The Bible tells us that Sarah was a beautiful woman and she comes to a, he and her and the family come to this, uh, to Shechem, Shechem, and King Abimelech is there and he sees Sarah and she says boy she's a beautiful woman and he starts wanting her to be his wife and so he brings her unto himself thinking boy this is a beautiful woman because Abraham what's he do? in faithlessness he doesn't say she's my wife he says it's my sister and one day the king looks out the window and sees brother and sister kissing like brothers and sisters shouldn't be kissing he says hmm something's wrong here you lied to me, he says. And you know, God said to Abraham, You're going to be a blessing to all people. Well, that day, he wasn't a blessing to Shechem, nor was he a blessing to uh, King Abimelech, and he sent him out with his tail between his legs. Folks, I want to remind us something. We're supposed to be a blessing. And we're not living right, and we're not doing right. It confuses the world. And they may just might, they maybe won't get maybe find faith in jesus christ because of us we were supposed to be a witness we were supposed to be a good example and we weren't boy there's a lot of lessons in this isn't there so he calls sarah his sister instead of his wife because he was afraid he was going to get hurt if not killed all these are tests all these are trials into Abraham's life. We look at Abraham as a great man of faith, and he is, and he was. But look, he made a lot of mistakes. That's hopeful for us. that we know we, we made mistakes. we're going to make mistakes. I thank the Lord for the God of second chances. Didn't we fail? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. But Abraham would not be ready for the great test of offering up his son Isaac. Until he went through these former tests, these earlier lessons. And how true it is of all of us that God leads us through tests, and another test, and another test. And what is he doing in the tests, in the trials? He's building us. He's bettering us. He's causing us to be more of an example for God. For God says to, jo- to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Could God say of you and I, have you considered my servant and put your name there? That you passed the test, that you endured and you still loved God? And you still were faithful and you still served no matter what happened or happens? We start out trusting God the moment we ask him to forgive us of our sins and save our soul. Amen. But as we go through this Christian life, we learn... To have to trust God more and more through each trial, each test, each challenge. We learn to grow in faith through these tests. Job said in Job 23.10, But he knoweth the way, knoweth the way, he knows where you're at. He knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Peter says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth though it be tried there's that word again with fire might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ First Peter 1 7 the measure of faith testing second the manner of faith testing in other words how is our faith tested go to Psalm 34 with me please and if you're counting we got one down now we're on two and two short and we'll get to three and this verse in, in application, they that endure the end shall be saved. You'll be fine. Psalm thirty nineteen. Thirty-four nineteen. Psalm thirty-four and verse nineteen. Are you there? I want you to see this with your own eyeballs. Psalm thirty four nineteen. Let's read it in unison. Let's read it together. That'd be good for us. Are you all ready? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Many, many are the afflictions. We're talking about the manner of faith testing. How is our faith tested? Both men and women in the Bible had tests of faith, sometimes through afflictions, Psalm thirty-four, nineteen. Many are the afflictions. Others through physical suffering, 2 Corinthians 12. Sometimes through tests and trials, James 1 and 2, the trial of your faith. Other times through loss. Listen to this verse in the book of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah, if you care to follow me there, 31. But I want to move on here. Uh, Boy, i got to find it myself. Let's all go to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, verse 13. Then shall the, Jeremiah 31, verse 13, Then shall the virgin rejoice in, in the dance, both young men and older together, for I will turn their mourning into joy, and I will comfort them and make their, them rejoice for their sorrow. There are going to be times in all of our lives where we have sorrow. Sorrow is usually connected with the death of someone, the loss of someone special in our life. But there are other losses there's a loss of position something that we've worked hard for and we get it and then we lose it it's gone there's a loss of dreams plans wishes something that you have desired for a long time and it it hasn't come to fruition or it comes to fruition and then it fades away these are tests they're tests of our faith they're testings that are sometimes very special in this way they're God-honoring in how we react to them. Again, a, t- a faith that's not tested is worthless. And so we have tests that come about, and the Lord is testing. He's trying. He's proving his, our, his love, our love for Him, our devotion to Him, our obedience to Him. Amen. God, what happens when we pass the test? Well, God gets the glory. Uh, good comes to pass even though bad things happen sometimes in our life you you watch God can bring good out of them Romans 8 28 all things work together for good God has a way of doing that and then here's something we grow through these tests and we gain ground in our faith life there's times in my life that I probably wouldn't have gone on to the next level if you want in my faith had I not passed the test hey in anything you go to, go to the school, craft college and get a, get, a, get a class in English literature and it'll be English literature 101 and there's English literature 102 and you can't, you can't get in English 102 until you've been through 101 makes sense doesn't it well that's us in faith life God's saying alright here's a test alright let's move on here's a test alright let's, right, let's move on here's a test oh you gotta redo that one And you might feel sometimes that you're going through the test for, I mean, some people, I don't know, maybe two or three of you probably went to kindergarten for like seven years before you went to first grade. I don't know. But you're not moving on. Now, in public system, yeah. But in in a Christian school, perhaps, you're not going to move on until you pass the test. And sometimes you wonder, why have I been here so long? I don't know. Why have you been there so long? Job 23.10, when he hath tried me, what's that mean? Put me through some things, lay some things upon me, I shall come forth as gold. Amen? Thirdly, and you're all looking forward to this one, last point, the meaning of faith's test. The meaning. What's the meaning? Now for time's sake, we're just going to look at chapter, Genesis chapter 50. Go there if you would. Genesis chapter 50. Now, I'd like to read several verses, but I won't. I'll go to the main verse. But in Genesis chapter 50, you know the story how Joseph's been mistreated. Joseph's been thrown into slavery. He's lied about it in Potiphar's house. He's put in prison. He's forgotten about by the by the butler and the baker. He, he's, he's, he's left there. He's elevated. He's gone in there. God chooses him to uh, be used to save a nation from starvation through the dreams that he's had. He sees his brothers. They don't know it's him. And that's the story. It's the end of the story. Joseph's been through a lot. Many tests, many trials, many provings. And then we come to verse 20, Genesis 50. He's talking to his brothers and he says, But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good. To bring to pass. See, it wouldn't have been brought to pass had it not been this way. But to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. God has a purpose in testing. He has a meaning in testing. What does God do sometimes? A number of things, a number of things. I cannot, I, I'm not God, I cannot say but you know what happens, but why does God test us? The very nature of faith is, is not to doubt God. Now, in the story of Abraham, remember when they hadn't had a son yet, they begin to doubt God. He takes Lot with him, and maybe he can get a satisfaction of Lot as a son to him. And that doesn't happen. Then he, then he gets Ishmael in his life, and that didn't work. And he keeps trying to make deals with God. But God's trying to bring him to ultimate faith. God's looking from beyond leaving here and he's looking beyond that. He's looking to a place called Calvary. And he's wanting to use Abraham at Mount Moriah as a picture of Calvary for you and I. And I want you to, I want you to know something. Your Savior, he passed the test. And he says to us, you can too through me. The very nature of faith is not to doubt God, but to trust God and never to ask why. But I've asked why. Have anybody else asked why? We do. Have you ever asked God for the reason for something happening? A lot of people do. But faith trusts the Lord and leaves the whys to Him. I don't know how many more tests I have. I don't know how many more tests you have. But if God wants you to come forth as gold, you're going to still face some tests. So I don't want any more. I'm done. I'm, it don't work that way. You are his child. And God will bring correction to his children. And correction is not, only, not always disciplinary. We always think that a spanking or a correction from God is always disciplinary. It's instructive most of the time. We teach our children to instruct them for good, for blessing. Not just a whipping for a whipping. Amen. So, what lies ahead, we know not. But why does God test us? To increase our faith, to come forth as gold, to be more like Him, to please Him. But here's what, we got such a great father, such a great God. He knows that we will have questions, and he knows we will need answers. And he's willing to work with us. (laughs) What a God. I'm going to tell you something, I've failed some tests. You know what God does sometimes? He just puts his arms around me, and he loves me in spite of my failures. And he says, "Let's, let's try it again. You and I, let's try it again notice the picture Abraham going with his servants and he says you guys stay here I and the lad will go and they were alone what a picture of our father with us amen God tries our faith Isaac says dad well here's the wood but, and there's the fire but where's the lamb and he says God will provide himself a lamb and he did just that as he gave us Jesus on Calvary From time to time, we'll need to ask why, and we'll need answers, and God understands that. God tries our faith to prove the genuineness of it. God tries our faith to increase the measure of it. Amen. Consider the trees of the forest, especially in um, ancient times. And often the trees that are on the tops of those hills are the strongest because they endure what? The the strongest storms and the rain and the elements and the winds and the hard winters for year upon year upon year. These are the types of trees that are selected for the mass of the great sailing ships. Prehistoric days, of course the ark was the first craft that God gave mankind. But after that, there were all kinds of barges, if you would, rafts, if you would, that they would take something from one place to another as they traveled, as they uh, were on sea or uh, river or water. Chinese, I didn't know this till studying this, they were the first in the 1300s to have mass sailing ships. And the Chinese had them so they could travel to Japan and uh, Africa and India. From 1405 to 1500, the Chinese were the ones that were masters at sea. And it was because of the mass that held them, it was because of the trees that made the, the, great, uh, the great poles, the great masts that held the, uh, held the sails of those, of those uh, uh, crude and ancient vessels. And you know the thing of it was, they, 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 didn't take the, the, uh, they didn't take the mast beams from the trees that were lowest. They went to the highest place to get them because they were the ones that endured for a long time all the storms. Because the wood itself learned not to bend or learned to bend and not break in the matter of a storm. Our lives are like that. We go through several trials and troubles, and it makes us stronger more usable, more pliable in the hand of the master. Amen? Our God tries our faith to secure the preciousness of it. 1 Peter 1.7. God tries our faith to produce fruit and more fruit. John chapter 15. It's a trial. It's a test. It's a proving time. God tries our faith to use us for his testimony and glory more so than he has in past. Philippians 1 12, Paul says but I would that you should understand brethren what the things that happen unto me have fallen out rather for the furtherance of the gospel sometimes God gets maximum glory at the worst time of tests that we go through so tonight this morning I want to conclude with this our God will bring us through the storms Uh, He'll bring us through storms that he feels will benefit and bring him maximum glory. He will give back to us far more than he ever asked for us. Amen. And he will grant us abundant reward in the next life. 1 Peter 4. Go there and we'll finish. 1 Peter chapter 4. Saints, go there if you would and I'll be done. There's coming a day that you and I will stand before our Lord and if you haven't had all the answers I think when this moment happens you'll get it at that time. First Peter chapter 4 verse 12 with affection notice what he says beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you now know the context of this the church was under great persecution people were dying for their faith so when we try to connect up with this it just doesn't match it doesn't but it does help us whatever we may be going through if we if we understand that and he doesn't say you filthy rotten miserable christian he says to them that we're going through great trial He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, insomuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when uh, when in glory shall he reveal, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy if ye be reproached for the name of Christ. Happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of our God resteth upon you. On their, on their behalf he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Now remember what they're going through here. Verse 15: But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come now that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Watch verse 18. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Last verse. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. There are going to be some times, folks, that we suffer in the will of God. It says, Wherefore, let them that suffer in the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. And our creator, our Lord, our God, our Father will reward us for the tests we've had to endure for his purposes and his glory. The measure of our faith. The manner of our faith. The meaning of our faith. And I want us to notice today that we've just observed one of the greatest supreme acts of faith recorded in the Bible Abraham offering up his son. Let's bow our heads if we would. Every head bowed. I'm going to ask a few questions. Heads are bowed. I want you to think about what was preached this morning. Are you presently going through a trial? Are you presently going through a trial? Two, are you sailing through a great storm of soul and spirit? Is it present tense? See, preacher, it's been a long time. I've been traveling through for a long time. Thirdly, are you afraid? Do you feel like you may not endure it all? I don't think there's been a saint that's never had those thoughts or feelings. Here's what I want to say to you, and I'll be done. Are you listening? God loves you God loves you the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 he will not give you more than you're able to bear the preacher you don't understand I don't God gave it to you he must have a purpose in it he must have a plan he wants you to come forth as gold and I want you to know he will not give you more than you can bear Thirdly, he will be with you through each trial and trouble. He will. He promised to. I want to say something else. Are you listening? You will be stronger for the going through it. Lastly, you will never know how strong your faith is until it's tested. Now, I don't know if you have need to approach God this day at the end of the service, at the altar of prayer or praise. That's between you and him. But I want to encourage you, press on in faith. And one of these days, according to God's word, we'll enter into the joy of the Lord and we'll hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But not only the Lord, I believe with all my heart, we're going to re- reach heaven they there are going to be some waiting on us and they're going to be happy we endured the test too. Father, bless your people. Take this message. I pray that it's been a cons- consolation but also an instruction. Lord, we need it. I don't know what lies ahead of me or my wife in the coming days or weeks or months but you do. Lord, none of us know what tomorrow holds but we know you hold tomorrow. We know it. Be with those this morning that are just enduring some tests, some proving, some trial that's been not sent from the devil, sent from you. To increase their faith. To help them to go on to higher, higher walk with you.
0: Bless us now we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.